Welcome to Alpha and Omega Ministries International. This ministry is committed to bringing apostolic alignment and restoration of the values and principles of the Kingdom of God to the body of Christ. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by the Word of God. Are you ready for the Word? Please turn with me to Psalm 90 verse 12. And I'm going to read from the King James Version. The title of my message this morning is Teaching You How to Lay Treasures in Heaven, to store up treasures in heaven according to the words of Jesus. It's been a question in my heart for many years, Lord, how do we store up treasures in heaven? He instructed us not to store our treasures on earth. Why? Because moth and rust corrupt and thieves break through and steal, Jesus said. Now, he never said anything about not storing up treasures, he just told us not to store them up on earth, but to store them up in heaven. And that does not mean that you cannot make withdrawals from your heavenly storehouse. He's just saying your storehouse must be in heaven rather than earth. Amen? Are you, do you want to know how to do that? Well, I hope I'll be able to teach you how to do that this morning. Psalms 90 verse 12, Moses prays to the Lord and he says, Teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts to wisdom. Teach us to number our days so that we may apply our hearts to wisdom. The message says it this way, Oh, teach us to live well. Teach us to live wisely and well. Amen? It's important that we gain the wisdom of God in order to spend our days here on earth that will maximize our influence. Amen? Knowing what the Lord has in store for us in this new season, in this new year, I believe that is required from all of us to engage with God and His Word in such a way where our hearts and our minds are fully aligned with the Lord, His will, His ways, and His purposes so that we can run together with God so that the Lord can fulfill every promise that he's given us. Not just on an individual basis, but also on a collective basis. It is my belief, and I have this conviction in my heart by the Spirit, that wonderful outpourings of God's Holy Spirit are in store for those who are fully aligned with God and His will for this year. Now, these outpourings, of course, will result 
in us flourishing, prospering in all spheres of life. And the Lord will, I believe, take a lot of sweat out of our lives and out of our work and out of our ministries. And we will get to enjoy a greater sense of freedom in the Holy Spirit. When you receive a greater portion of God's anointing, life and work becomes easy. You don't strive. You don't sweat. You're no longer anxious. You are in a place of rest where you rest and God works in you and through you and on your behalf around you. Isn't that amazing? No more sweat. And I know a number of you last year were under this heavy yoke and this heavy burden of striving. Too much work to do. Too many things to take care of. And too little hours in a day to do all that you're required to do. But I guarantee you, if you come in alignment with God's will and God's purposes for your life this year, you will experience a greater sense of freedom. You will experience a greater sense of rest, where you are no longer burning weak, but burning oil. And things will become much easier. For Jesus said, my burden is what? Heavy? No. The Lord's burden is light. And his yoke is easy. It's our yoke that is not light. Is when we take things or embrace burdens that do not belong to us. Or engage in activities that the Lord did not commission us to. And we must learn to do only that which we see the Father do. We must learn to engage ourselves with those things which the Father has called us to do. You can do a good thing, but that doesn't mean it's God's thing for you. And there are many believers that want to serve God, that have the zeal to serve God, but they want to serve Him on their own terms and in their own way. Why? Because mostly they want to bypass the principle of submission and obedience. And you cannot do that. Not all service is acceptable with the Lord. You may give it, but He may not receive it. So it's important that you know. Amen? Because the Word of the Lord says that we are to be filled with what? With a knowledge of His will. In all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Why? So that we may walk worthy of the Lord's calling on our lives. Fully pleasing Him. And being fruitful, not just in some works, but in every good work. God's desire is for you and I to be fruitful. To be productive in God's kingdom. Amen? And that is your inheritance as a son and a daughter of the Lord, functioning under the fullness of God's grace and under the fullness of his anointing. We want to invest our time. We want to invest our talents and our treasure in such a way 
that will make a difference in our sphere of influence. You're part of something that is much bigger than yourself, than your own dreams, than your own pleasures, than your own desires. You are part of a kingdom, and that kingdom is God's kingdom. And he wants us to be fruitful. Amen? But in order for us to be fruitful, we're going to have to walk in obedience to the Lord's will. How can you walk in obedience to his will when you do not know that will? That's why it's important. One of my favorite prayers that I pray every day for me and for all those who are part of this spiritual family. I open my Bible every morning and I pray for you. And one of the prayers that I pray for you is recorded in Colossians chapter 1. That says, I pray that you may be filled with the knowledge of God's will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Because when you're filled with God's wisdom and knowledge and understand what the will of the Lord is and walk in the light of it, I don't have to pray for anything else. You will be fruitful. You will be healthy. You will be strong. Amen? You will be blessed financially, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, relationally. Why? Because you feel with the wisdom of God. You know and understand what the will of the Lord is for you. The Word of God also says, Be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. That's why Jesus said, We don't have to worry about what we're going to eat, what we're going to drink, what we're going to buy, what we're going to sell, what we're going to dress ourselves with. We don't have to worry and be anxious about that. There is only one thing for us to do, and that is to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all of these things that we need in life, will be added to us. Not taken away, but added. So if you do not have those things, then I question whether you are seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Because if you do, God promised that all of these things will be added to you. As I look back over a 40-year walk with God, I've never sought riches. I've never sought houses. I've never sought material things. The pursuit of my heart was to be found in the center of God's will, regardless of what that will was. And I was ready to obey that will. And that will has taken me to many places has taken me out of places of comfort, has taken me into new horizons, has enabled me to put my feet where I have not been before. And it was not always comfortable. There was always a step of faith involved. But I'll tell you, I will never trade it for anything else. And I've watched God through the years begin to add Not just financial blessings, but spiritual understanding, wisdom, and revelation knowledge. I look at the beautiful family that I have, and I give thanks to God. It's not of my own doing. Because when you obey the will of God, it's not just about you. 
It is about your seed after you and your seed seed. And we're talking about generations down the road will be blessed because you have followed the will of God in your life. You are laying up an inheritance for your children and your children's children. Generations to come. It's about those whom God has destined you to bless and touch with what God has blessed you with. Amen. You will enjoy divine protection. And I stand here today as a testimony of God's faithfulness. We've been in Plattercliffe for almost 25 years. We've never had a break-in. Never broke or steal it. We have no walls, no burglar bars. Yet houses all around us are being broken into, vandalized. Hello? God is our protector. God is our provider. God is our strengthener. You are rich in heaven when you come to the place where you believe and trust the Lord as your sole supplier. Spiritually, mentally, financially, physically, relationally. Not only you have your own needs met, but when you store up riches in heaven, how? By walking in the center of the will of God, you have more than enough to touch and to bless every single person that God brings to you with a need. Wow. Isn't that a kind of life that you would like to aspire I'm giving you this message because I'm laying foundation for the year. And you need to make some quality decisions in your life. What is the most important thing in your life? Who comes first? Who determines what you do and why you do what you do? Why? Is the Lord the determining factor? Is the Lord the Lord over your life? Or is something else or someone else Lord over your life? You cannot be a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ if self is on the throne. Then you're not a disciple. You just have a name. But you have no life and you have no substance because unless you're willing to lay down your life and die to self and to your own ambitions and dreams and desires and comfort, you will never know the will of God in your life. You will never be able to embrace the yoke of Jesus. Are you with me? And I find many believers, Many so-called Christians in the church world today, all over the world, they will do everything else but give up self. Many come to Jesus today, but for various reasons. But we come to Him because we want to serve Him and we want to obey Him. Matthew 6.33 from the Amplified Translation says it this way. But seek, aim, strive after, 
First of all, not second, not third, his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right, and all these things taken together, speaking about our daily needs and even our desires, will be given to you besides. As born-again believers, people who have been raised from spiritual death to spiritual life, we need to set our minds and our hearts on things above, not on things of the earth. Amen? We need to become heavenly-minded people. Seeing things from eternal perspective, from heavenly perspective, rather than from the earth's perspective. The Word of God says, all that is in the world is ungodly. That is, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life is not of the Father. We need to set our affection on things above. That's what Scripture tells us. And I'm going to read from Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. If you have been raised with Christ to a new life, how many of you have been raised with Christ? Can I see your hands? So he's talking to you. Not to someone else. <laughs> someone said once, Brother Kenneth Hagin, I think, he said, most people come to church with a shovel. They hear something, and the next thing they do, they shovel it. It's for this one. It's for that one behind. No, this is for you. This is for me. Because you is addressing you. He said, if then you have been raised with Christ to a new life, thus sharing his resurrection from the dead, aim at... Seek the rich eternal treasures that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. And set your minds and keep them set on what is above, the higher things, not on the things that are on the earth. For as far as this world is concerned, you have died. You mean die to the world. Die to the world's ambitions. Die to the world's dreams. Die to the world's lusts and desires. For as far as this world is concerned, you have died, and your new real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is our life, notice that, Christ is our life. Life appears, then you will also appear with him in the splendor of his glory. Now, to set means to put something or someone in a particular place, to put in a particular position or posture. I don't know, some, some women, they, they like to perm their hair, you know, and they sit. 
You, you, you can put your hand through and shuffle them a little bit. They will go back to the setting. <laughs> because they sit. <laughs> I can't think of another example. I'm sorry. They sit. Some men too, they have so much gel on the hair. No matter what you do, they sit, man. Amen. So when your minds are set on things above, even though you are occupied in your daily work with the things of this world, you will always in your mind and in your heart return to the rightful place and evaluate everything from an eternal perspective. That's how you build treasures. That's how you store up treasures in heaven. If we live consistently by this principle, God promises that all these things we need here on earth will be given to us. Amen? Jesus said the same thing in the Gospel of Matthew. And we're going to read from Matthew 6, 19 through to 21. I know you know all of these verses, but knowing them is one thing. Practicing them is another. Someone said that we are educated far beyond the level of our obedience. We know far too much of the word, but we obey too little. It's not the hearer of the word, James says, that will be blessed. It is the doer of the word of God. You can sit in church week after week and hear sermon after sermon. And I know some believers have this desire to learn more and more and more and more. They never stop learning. But they never obey the little things, the small things. The things that already are very clear in the Word of God. They forsake the assembling of themselves together. They forsake the responsibilities as part of the fellowship. They come in and out any time they want to. There's no faithfulness. There's no stability in their lives. You can't find them in the place you put them. You have to look for them all over the place. You cannot rely on them. They are inconsistent, unreliable, and unfaithful. The book of Proverbs says, putting your trust in an unreliable person is like trying to chew with a broken tooth. Imagine how painful that is. Hello? Are you here? It's time to make quality decisions. Who are you living for? Our life here on earth is just a shadow that passes away, the Bible says. We only have limited time, folks, and we're not going to come back and have a retrial. Amen? What's done for Christ will last throughout all eternity. Jesus said, do not gather and heap up and store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust and worm consume and destroy and where thieves break through and steal, but gather and heap up and store for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust nor worm consume and destroy and where thieves do not break through and steal for where your treasure is. There will your heart be also. Notice what Jesus said. Where your treasure is, your heart will follow. In other words, what you treasure, what you value in life as important to you, your heart 
will wrap itself around it and commit to it. So if God's kingdom is what you value, if the will of God is what you treasure in your life, what you consider as the highest priority and the most important thing in your life, then your heart will embrace that. And you will devote your life, your energies, your talents, your treasure, and everything you are, everything you have, in order to extend and further the influence of God's kingdom in your sphere of influence. Churches grow when individuals are fired up. Not when the pastor preaches a good and powerful sermon. Is when each individual, each member of the body embraces the call of God that I am a disciple of Christ, that I am here for one purpose and one reason, and that is to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and to extend the influence of His kingdom in my sphere of influence. And if God plants you somewhere, that somewhere is your place where you need to influence. Oh, pastor, I'm the only Christian in this ungodly environment. Oh, poor old me. Grow up. God placed you there. God planted you there to be the light in the dark. And not to complain. Amen? God is not committed to the provision of our comfort, folks, but to the production of our character. What are you doing for Christ? What are you intending to do this year? How will you serve God? How will you touch and influence those that are part of your influence or your, your sphere of influence? How do you plan to do that? Do you have a plan? If you don't, then you plan to fail. The end of the year will come and you've done nothing for Christ. You haven't touched one person. You haven't witnessed to one person. You haven't prayed for one person. You haven't given any more than what you have been giving. Hello? Did you come to church to have a good time or to be challenged this morning? I'm here to make a difference. You are here to make a difference. I am here to be sent where God sends me. Amen? If he calls me tomorrow, and he says to me, I want you to pack up and go to the United States, I know my wife will have a few gripes, but she'll follow. Like she always does. You know, when God called us to Cape Town, she said to me, I'm not coming. I said, okay. You want to fight with God? You can do so. But you're going to come out second best. After a week or two of griping, finally she got on board. It would have been much easier if she got on board without the griping. Sweetheart, this is to your credit. <laughs> she always follows. 
She may follow kicking sometimes, but she always follows. I let her make the other decisions. When it comes to the house, she's the boss. I just do what she tells me. She wants red curtains, she can have red curtains. Amen. She wants this kind of garden, you can have it, sweetheart. Whatever you say, I will not. I choose my battles. <laughs> because it's give and take. I choose my battles. When it comes to the will of God, there's no negotiation. Amen? We don't always agree. But you know what? If we always agreed, there would be no need for submission. Amen? Praise the Lord. Being rich towards God should be our focus. And I think so far, I've shown you how. By letting the will of God take center stage. By allowing the Lord Jesus to be the Lord over your life, over every decision that you make. You check your motives. Why do I do what I do? Why do I get up in the morning? Why do I get up to work so that I can make a living? No. You get up to work so you can make a giving. That's how you earn your seed. Hello? So you can have something to sow. And give to someone who's less fortunate than you are. Being rich in heaven means that you have God as your source of supply. And that spiritually, financially, physically, and socially. And when you have God as your source of supply, you are a very prosperous person. Would you say amen? Hello? Amen! And you are able to meet not only your own needs, but you are able to meet the needs of others, whether those needs are spiritual or material. Someone comes to you and is sick in body, doesn't know the word of God on divine healing. You sit him down, you share the word with him, you lay hands, you pray. Not the pastor, you. Because this commandment is given to all disciples. Go ye, preach the gospel to every creature. These signs shall follow the apostles. Is that what it said? No, the believer. The believer is the most powerful person on the face of the earth. No one more powerful than one who truly believes. He said, in my name. You will cast out demons. You will tell them to go and they will flee. Have you ever had any of those experiences yet? Oh, Master, this person is demon possessed. Please come and pray. Well, why don't you pray? Hey, it's time we wake up. You shall lay hands on the sick and you will see them recover. So when you're prosperous, when you reach in heaven, you lay hands on the sick because you have faith enough to see that person healed. Listen to what 2 Corinthians, Michael read it for us. I'm going to give it to you in the Amplified. 2 Corinthians 9.8 And God is able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing 
come to you in abundance so that you may always and on, under all circumstances and whatever the need be self-sufficient, possessing enough to require no aid or support and furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. Phew! What a promise. Whatever a need arises up, you're able to meet that need. Whether it's spiritual, whether it's medical, whether it's relational. A couple comes to you, they have marital problems. You have the wisdom of God to sit them down and counsel them according to the Word of God. That's a prosperous person. That's a person who is laying up treasures in heaven. And every now and again, he makes a withdrawal. Now, in conclusion, here is a mother (laughs) of all questions. How do I become rich and prosperous in God's eyes? How can I come to a place where I'm able to meet every need at any time when it's presented to me? Well, I'm going to answer it very simply. Listen. Put your ears on and listen carefully. By nurturing, developing, and growing your faith in God to such an extent so that you can get hold of God and His resources at any time for any need that arises in your life and in the life of others. Rich in faith. I can get hold of God when I have my faith developed to such an extent. I can get hold of God anytime, anywhere, any place for any need. Would you like to be that person? I certainly would. And in order to do that, listen, The Christian walk, the disciples' walk, is not a sprint. It's a marathon. You build on your faith, little by little, line upon line, precept upon precept. Start with the little things and be faithful. Number one, in order to do that, you need to become a diligent student of the Word of God, not just on Sunday mornings. You need to study the Word every single day. You need to set time aside in your busy schedule and meditate. Study. Research the Word. Become a diligent student of the Word of God. Number two, develop a consistent prayer life. Prayer and the Word are the two wings of the eagle. Amen? Someone said, prayer is like breathing. You can breathe all you want, but if you don't eat, you're going to die. Eating is like meditating in the Word. You need the Word, and you need prayer, and you need to build a solid, consistent prayer life. That means every day, you go to visit with the Lord, as Jesus described and prescribed, shut the door, Close the world down. You pray to your Father in secret. Some people say to me, but Pastor, I pray all day long. That's not enough. You need to have devoted time and undistracted time where it's you and God alone. 
Do you know that God loves to fellowship with you? He desires your fellowship. He created you for fellowship. And He loves you. He loves you so much, He wants to spend time with you. Don't disappoint Him. If you want your faith to grow, that's what you need to do. And number three, walk in obedience to what God reveals to you through His Word. Walk in the light that you have. If you don't, you'll never receive more light than what you already know or have. Be obedient and faithful in the little things. Amen? Three simple things, yet the most powerful in developing your faith. What are you going to do this year? Where is your priority? What are your plans? Those of you who plan to get married, wonderful. But what's the purpose of it behind it? So that you can have a good time with your wife? No, so that you can serve God together. Discover God's purpose for your lives and devote yourselves to it. Not everybody's called to be a missionary and go to India or Africa. Not everybody's called to be a pastor, a prophet, an apostle, an evangelist. But everybody's called to witness. Amen? Do you have a plan for the kingdom? And let me finally give you the one promise that God gave me for all those who are part of this spiritual family who have aligned themselves to us. It's a beautiful promise from God, and I'll tell you very shortly how I received it. I was in the state of Florida one Sunday morning, as my custom is, preparing for the service and praying. And while I was Sitting comfortably and pray. I don't kneel when I pray. May sometimes if I feel impressed. Unconsciously, I began to stretch my arms. And the Spirit said, stretch even more. And I began to stretch and stretch and stretch as far as my arms would go. And the Lord said to me, you need to stretch as far as you can in order to embrace and receive all that I have for you and for your spiritual family this year. And then Isaiah 54 popped in my mind. And I'm going to read that verse to you. Isaiah 54 verses 2 and 3. Notice what it says. Put it up on the the screen, please. Enlarge the place of your tent. Let the curtains of your habitations be stretched out. Spare not. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. Why? For you will spread abroad to the right hand and to the left, and your offspring 
will possess the nations and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. At the end of this month, I'm going for five days to Harare, Zimbabwe. Our spiritual son Peter and Emma there, they want us to go up there and commission them and launch a brand new house church in their house. They're starting an alpha course. They're part of our webinar sessions, and they want to get on with it. We're stretching, folks. If you're part of this family that belongs to you, and that speaks, notice the words that are used. Enlarge, stretch. Some of us, our faith is going to be stretched to the limits. Do not spare, lengthen, strengthen, spread, possess. These words, they speak of growth, don't they? They speak of being stretched in our faith. They speak of developing our Christian character. They speak of extending our Christian influence. They speak of flourishing, being strengthened in our inner man in order to possess those things which the Lord has already given us as inheritance. You can make this part of your daily prayer and start praying and asking God to give you wise planning. How can I stretch my Christian influence in my sphere of influence? It doesn't matter where you are planted. If you pray and if you believe, you will see the wonders of God's miraculous ability working on your behalf. Amen? Let's stand and close in prayer, please, as we meditate on the words you've heard. You may want to go to our website and listen to this message ten times. Get it into your spirit. Set your priorities right. Put first things first. And then you will enjoy the blessing of the Lord. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for the privilege of being able to, as disciples of Christ, to extend and establish the influence of your kingdom in our spheres of influence. Father, I pray for every person, whether they may be, wherever they may be, where they come from, whether they have ministries or individual discipleship callings, I pray, Father, that these words would become life and light to them. I pray that they begin to seek your face. I pray that they would come under the center of your blessing. I pray that they will be fully aligned with your purpose, with your will, with your ways. And this year we'll see them flourish and blessed spiritually, mentally, financially, materially, socially, and in every other area of their lives. We pray and believe you for this. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources and more information about this ministry, come and visit us at www.alphaomegaint.org.za.